With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? And welcome back into another episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. We cover everything in Ohio State athletics. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host. And looks like we'll be your permanent host going forward, as Matt Brown said last time on the show. He's shifting more over to SB Nation college duties and we won't hear a lot from him in the future, but be on the lookout because he'll be joining the podcast again pretty soon to talk about his book. So more details on that as we get to it, but make sure to catch the podcast at soundcloud.com slash land grant Holy land and go to Apple podcast and search the hangout in the Holy land and subscribe, leave a review and you can catch all of our new episodes of the hangout in the Holy land there. Hope everybody had a wonderful long 4th of July weekend and you are starting your middle of the week, right? 4th of July on a Tuesday is kind of trash, but hope you had a good 4th of July weekend and despite it being the middle of the summer, there is still a ton to talk about when it comes to Ohio State athletics and in particular, the football team and recruiting. This past weekend, the opening took place up in Oregon. It's probably the premier event for college football recruiting each year and about 160 of the top rated kids around the country show up at Nike headquarters and compete in all various sorts of drills competitions there's seven on seven but it's basically a showcase for the top recruits in the country so to talk about that and to talk about the heavy Buckeye presence that was there, I am joined by one of the newest members of Land Grant Holy Land, Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, what's going on, man? Hey, happy to be here. Ready to talk about the teens. How was your 4th of July? My 4th of July was fantastic. I made burgers on wood planks, and I would highly suggest doing that whenever possible. I'll have to take your suggestion on that one. I had a solid 4th of July as well, managed to avoid... The, uh, the usual 4th of July hangover, so that was pretty nice. And basically just made sure the dogs avoided any of the loud booms from any of the fireworks. So kept it pretty low-key. But speaking of loud booms, Ohio State football and Ohio State recruiting, it was a huge week this past weekend up in Beaverton, Oregon, as the opening finals went on. And Ohio State had eight current commits that were a part of the opening, and it's probably the biggest event in recruiting each year. So before we break into what it meant for Ohio State and how the Ohio State kids did, what are your biggest takeaways from the opening? What do you think that it does best in evaluating these prospects each year? Uh, Well, obviously, as most camps do operate, there's not a lot of hitting. There's not a lot of actual football-related things in terms of trenches and stuff like that. But the opening and all of the regional events that they do is really, really good at identifying skill players and skill positions that have athletic abilities that are 
rare and desired by football teams, like speed, the ability to jump, all of the intangibles and things that you can't really teach. And it's always been very, very good at that. And it's always interesting to watch how guys do away from the, the usual football that's won and lost in the trenches. I think more so than some of those regional camps too, like you'll see the opening Columbus and the opening around different college campuses or talent hotbeds is that it's the best of the best. And even if, like you're saying, it's not a hitting or a true football environment, you're seeing these kids, even offensive linemen and defensive linemen, be able to compete against the best in the country. And maybe that's something you don't see at some of those more regional camps. Yeah, absolutely. It's also it's great to see how these guys do against the best and the best in the country because you'll get that competitive fire that you just don't see when they're going up against regional guys. Like, I know... Anthony Cook got in a in a bit of a scrap after a good run like against a wide receiver he got in a little bit of a scrap and you just don't see that at the regional tournaments because there's just not as much competition and these guys are the best of the best and they want to prove that and it's always great to see at big time camps like this. Outside of Ohio State do you think that there was anything notable regarding the 2018 recruiting cycle that you saw in the opening you know the big storyline coming out of it was quarterback Justin Fields who is setting the recruiting world on fire now after he performed this past weekend but you think anything national came out of the opening well something national very nearly came out of the opening in that there was a a recruit who was expected to commit on Monday during halftime of the seven on seven championship Jamar Chase who uh, Louisiana receiver four-star he was down to TCU and LSU and he was going to commit, but he lost his time slot on NFL Network. He'll be committing later this week. But the general expectation is that he'll be heading to TCU, which follows a trend of Louisiana players going to the Big 12, which is just its kind of an interesting dynamic that's starting to take place in this recruiting class. Do you think that has more so to do with maybe uncertainty with Ed Orgeron and where the LSU program is going forward right now? Absolutely. Um, they're not... LSU is not exactly doing a great job of recruiting Louisiana right now, and the kids are taking notice, and coaches are taking notice, and they don't really like what they saw with Les Miles being fired after pretty consistently winning games. So that that's a trend that I expect to continue unless LSU consistently wins and Orgeron is there for multiple years. Miami also continued to make waves with their recruiting class. They stay at number one in the 24-7 sports composite with tackle John Campbell committing. What do you think about Miami's class so far and what they've been able to do, and are they going to be able to sustain some of this momentum that they have under Mark Rick? Uh, I think that this Miami class is a pretty typical Mark Rick class. At Georgia, he would always get started pretty quickly, land some splashy players, but then finish sixth or seventh, which is fine. I mean, you can win games with guys like that. You can fit, you can win games with the seventh best recruiting class. But they're not going to finish number one because they currently have 19 players committed. But there's a lot of good players in that class, and I think he's doing a good job there. And he has as good a chance as anybody to bring the U back. Well, let's move into a class that probably is going to be number one or at least is in that conversation with Alabama when they – inevitably make their run and what you all came to hear in the Ohio State Buckeyes. So it was a huge week for Ohio State and some of the commits. They had eight total commitments that were at the opening. Defensive tackle to Ron Vincent from Florida. Defensive end Brenton Cox from Georgia. Safety Jaden Woodbay from California. 
the all-purpose back Jalen Gill from Ohio, who we're going to get into, who had a very nice weekend. Tarada Mitchell, the inside linebacker from Virginia. Safety Josh Proctor from Oklahoma. And cornerback Seven Banks from Florida. What were your biggest takeaways from what those players did and who stood out the most to you? Well, I think pretty much everybody there that's committed to Ohio State had a pretty solid week. But a few guys that really stood out were Teron Vincent, Brenton Cox, Jalen Gills, Tyreek Smith, and Seven Banks. They all had really, really good weekends. Both Gill and Banks are recovering from injuries in their junior seasons and kind of had something to prove that they still have the speed and athleticism that they had prior to those injuries. And uh, Vincent Cox and Smith all dominated the linemen challenge, the linemen, and they were all in the final five for um, for linemen. Four of the final five defensive linemen in that group were Ohio State targets, with the fourth being Nesta Silvera. So quite a few of the Ohio State commits and targets at the opening this week had a fantastic showing. Yeah, and Jalen Gill, you mentioned coming off the leg injury and having something to prove in earlier, we talked about getting on that stage with other national recruits and being able to show out and maybe it not being a regular football environment, but the competitive nature of it and wanting to prove a point. It seems like he was really able to do that. What have you seen from him, not only in his high school tape, but kind of his demeanor and how he was this weekend and how he fits going forward with this class. Jalen Gill is a great kid. Jalen Gill is one of my favorite recruits that Ohio State has landed in the last couple of cycles. As a player and as a person, he's just, he's a special young man. He's going to do great things at Ohio State. This weekend at the opening, he really impressed a lot of people because it's not really an event that's centered around running back success, and that's why a lot of the times you don't see top running backs like Zamir White go to the opening because there's no real reason to. But Jalen Gill really showed out during the 7-on-7 tournament, catching out of the backfield, not just on short routes, but down the field. And a lot of people can see the Curtis Samuel comparisons there, and I think that he has the potential to be Curtis Samuel-esque for Ohio State, if not better, because I think that his ceiling is significantly higher than any H-back Ohio State has seen under Urban Meyer. I think the same could probably be said for defensive tackle to Ron Vincent, too, and that's been one of Ohio State fans' biggest complaints, if there can be any complaints about recruiting, is not being able to land those real top-level defensive tackles under Urban Meyer. And we've seen that change in especially the last class, but Vincent seems like a guy who I know SB Nation's Bud Elliott is really high on. He has great burst. Do you think he's the most talented defensive tackle that they've recruited since Meyer's been in Columbus? And what can we expect out of him? I think that he absolutely is the best defensive tackle under Urban Meyer. And, I mean, with a defensive line coach like Barry Johnson coaching him up, this the sky is the limit for Teron Vincent. He's not... He's not a nose tackle necessarily. He's not very big as defensive tackles come. He's not going to fill up two space, two blockers on every single play. But he has probably the most refined pass and run stopping, pass rush and run stopping moves that you'll see out of a high school defensive tackle. And he's he's got this burst that you just don't see from guys as big as he is. And as he continues to add muscle and improve his technique, he's probably going to see the field in Columbus his freshman year. There were also some uncommitted prospects that are on Ohio State's radar who had a very nice weekend, and one of them is New York tight end Jeremy Ruckert. 
four-star kid, ranked as the number two tight end right now in the 24-7 sports composite, the 75th rated prospect overall in the class of 2018. And he made some news after the opening by releasing his top four, which includes Ohio State. And it, it seems like everybody's kind of saying he is trending towards Ohio State, and that's going to be the pick. Do you expect that to be the case? And what is his game like? Because people are really high on him. Jeremy Rucker, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the country, and he might be the best player in the country. He's an absolute freak athlete. We have not really seen a tight end like him at Ohio State, maybe ever. He's so athletic. He runs like a wide receiver. He plays like a wide receiver. He's just got the body of a tight end and almost like an offensive guard. He's just, he's so strong. But he's almost certainly a Buckeye, like a heavy Buckeye lean right now from everything I've heard. And... My guess is that he wants to commit sometime this month, and if he does, the pick will almost certainly be Ohio State. Another one of those top uncommitted prospects is offensive tackle Jackson Carmen, five-star tackle from Fairfield, Ohio, who also received a lot of love with how he looked, despite it being not a, a traditional setting where you can evaluate offensive and defensive linemen. What makes him so good and there seemed to be a lot of concern, at least maybe last month or going past about him going to Clemson. Has that kind of changed in recent weeks? Well, he did say at the opening that because both Ohio State and Clemson's Friday night lights type events are happening on the same day. And he said that he's not going to announce which one he's going to. He's just going to show up at one. But even if he doesn't go to Ohio State's FNL, I don't think that there's really much reason to worry if Ohio State starts to fear that he's actually considering leaving and going to Clemson, I think that they'll probably turn on the full core press for him. And I, I do think that he'll eventually be a Buckeye. So there was a handful of other uncommitted prospects that the Buckeyes are looking at who were at the opening. Discuss some of those. And who are those guys that you think not only have a chance to go to Ohio State, but that looked really good? A couple Ohio State targets that looked really good. Tyson Campbell looked very, very fast. He looked very good. He's 6'3", cornerback out of Florida. Goes to the same school as Ohio State defensive end commit Andrew Chatfield. And he's one of the best cornerbacks in the country, along with Anthony Cook, who we mentioned earlier, another Ohio State lean. And Campbell's name has really started to come up a lot more frequently lately than it was maybe last month. And there's a lot of momentum gaining for him to, uh, to ultimately be a Buckeye. Another guy who really impressed me at the opening was Cameron Babb. Cameron Babb, the wide receiver out of St. Louis. He's probably the best receiver in the country, and he looked like it at the opening. He looked just so fluid, quick. He has great hands, great catch radius. He looks like he could play on the outside. One of the truer, pure wide receiver targets that Ohio State has looked at since Urban Meyer has been here. I would compare him in terms of his, his skills coming out of high school to a guy like Austin Mack a couple of years ago. Just very refined, not necessarily a freak athlete, but just a pure wide receiver. So we talked about Jeremy Ruckert maybe making his decision in the next couple of weeks. Are there any other July or summertime announcements that Ohio State fans can expect that might bode well for the Buckeyes? There might be an announcement this week or even next week, depending on what Ohio State staff decides and when they decide to give him the okay because Virginia linebacker Kavon Pope pretty much came out and said that he's going to pick Ohio State as soon as they give him the okay to do so, which has been the thought 
for a while, and he's not really even looking at any other schools. He wants to be a Buckeye. He's just waiting to get the green light, and that's something that Bill Davis, the linebackers coach, is really trying to get processed through this so they can get him in the class. So SB Nation's Bud Elliott and Alex Kirshner put together their all-opening team of 2017 and 35 of the best recruits from the opening. And the thing that I like is that it wasn't kind of structured to let's take three quarterbacks, four running backs, and do it in a way that gets everything involved. It more so was let's just try to rank the best possible players at any position, no matter how many there are. There were a lot of wide receivers, a lot of offensive linemen. What do you? What were your biggest takeaways from from their list, and and what stood out from maybe who the best players were at this event? Well, I agree with a lot of the list. There are, I think, three Ohio State commits on the list: Jalen Gill, Jaden Woodbay, and Josh Proctor, the two safeties and a number of Ohio State targets. But one of the things on the list that I firstly agreed with and was not expecting going into the week was Xavier Peters being on the list. And Xavier Peters, of course, the Ohio Lakota West, I think, linebacker, who committed to Kentucky just a couple days ago. But early on in the process, it looked like he was a sure thing Ohio State lean and kind of lost interest on both sides and now he's committed to Kentucky but Xavier Peters looked fantastic uh, at the opening and he was one of the most athletic linebackers there so he's definitely a guy to watch if Ohio State misses on some top linebacker targets around November he could be a possible flip. Well and they listed seven defensive backs as well with Proctor and Jaden Woodbay being Ohio State commits And if there's one thing we've seen around not just college football, but football in general this past decade and as the game has evolved is that you can't have too many defensive backs. And if you're a school like Ohio State who is producing defensive backs and sending multiple to the NFL draft and having multiple first round or second round picks each year, it's important to restock that position. And looking back at the 2017 class, Ohio State went really, really hard on defensive backs, signing six to replace everything they lost to the NFL. As of right now, you know, in mid-July, do you see any sort of pattern or theme to this year's class to kind of replicate what they did last year? Well, in the defensive backfield, Greg Schiano certainly has a type, and it's big, fast defensive backs who he can mold into his kind of player and guys who like to hit, guys who like to play football, and not necessarily guys who are great at coverage coming in. And that's been kind of a common theme in this class, too. It's not as much focusing on one state like they did with Texas, but focusing on a certain kind of player. And there's athletes all over Ohio State's class, and that's kind of been the common theme of 2018. So the opening is known more so for the current recruiting class, but there are 2019 kids sprinkled in as well. Was there any one out of that 2019 group that stood out and may be trending towards Ohio State? There were two 2019 commits who I had my eye on at the opening, Zach Harrison and Owen Popo. But Harrison is probably the best defensive end in the country in 2019. He's from Olentangy. He's 6'6", defensive end. He's fantastic. He's a freak athlete. And uh, Popo is from Grayson, Georgia. He would kind of continue the trend of Ohio State going into Georgia and picking out the best players from there but both of those guys looked fantastic at the opening and they're going to be two of the best players in the country in 2019. So Kayvon Pope has come out and basically said 
that his intention is to commit to Ohio State. He wants to go to Ohio State, but it seems like as of right now, that isn't something Ohio State's coaching staff is going to let happen at the moment. What's the latest on that? And is it kind of a formality that eventually he'll end up at Ohio State, but they just need to figure out how he's going to fit into the class? Well, if it was up to me, he would already be in the class. I think Kayvon Pope is one of the best linebackers in the country. But there is a numbers crunch. I mean, you can only take so many guys. And when it comes down to it, there are guys on Ohio State's board that they have a little bit higher than Pope. But I think ultimately they will find room for Pope because when you have a talented player like him that wants to be a Buckeye, you take him. And there will be linebackers that leave that currently aren't projected to leave after the 2017 season. And it's always good to have depth at that position, especially athletic players who can grow into to studs. And I think Kevon Pope is a lot like Jerome Baker in the way that he plays. And that's probably going to be the main selling point of Bill Davis to trying to convince Urban Meyer to take him. As we stand here in July, it seems like Ohio State is pretty solid, not only with their commitments, but also their targets as well and who they want from this class. So do you have any bold predictions on players that may not be on our radar right now that Ohio State is looking at? And how do you think ultimately this class finishes up? Well, I do think that Ohio State's going to break Alabama's number one streak this year. I think that this is finally the year that they're going to do it. There's just not enough five stars that are interested in Alabama. And there are a significant amount of five stars that are Ohio State leans still that haven't committed. But when it comes to bold predictions circling around players, I think that a guy that a lot of people have been penciling into this class is Mike Parsons. And I don't, right now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if I buy that right now. I think Micah might end up back in Penn State's class where he was originally. But I do think that if they don't land him, you could expect to see Jason Owe. He's a different defensive end. He's a, he's a I want to say New Jersey defensive end. He's kind of a new name. Only been playing football for about a year, but he's got a lot of potential and he's a guy that Larry Johnson really likes. So if Micah Parsons ends up out of this class, that's a guy that you could see joining this class. Well, there certainly is a lot of recruiting news going on right now, not only with the opening and how the Ohio State kids performed, but Friday Night Lights is just over two weeks away, July 22nd in Columbus. What can we expect from that event? Is that something to where in past years we've seen commitments. Do you think anybody will end up committing at Friday Night Lights for Ohio State? I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jeremy Rucker, who we talked about a little earlier, does commit at FNL, but he's about the only one that I see right now. Most of the top targets that Ohio State is still looking at are going to take their time, and I just don't see them committing this early. A lot of those guys want to take their visits, which is pretty common when it comes to five-star prospects and guys like that. But Ruckert and Pope are definitely two guys to watch for possible commitments this month. Tyreek Smith wouldn't surprise me. LaChristian Blue Smith is probably going to, he said he wants to commit not in July, but before his first high school game. And right now it's an Ohio State-Kentucky battle. And I think that as long as Ohio State has space, he will be a Buckeye. Even if there are no commitments of Friday Night Lights, there's definitely a ton 
to keep up with in Ohio State recruiting, not only with Friday Night Lights, but as we head into the season as well. And if you want to keep up with any Ohio State recruiting, make sure to keep it locked here on the Hangout in the Holy Land podcast and visit LandGrantHolyLand.com and follow Patrick on Twitter. Patrick, where can the fine people on the internet find you? Uh, They can find me at Patrick underscore Mayhorn on Twitter, M-A-Y-H-O-R-N. All of my tweets are about corgis, and they're all very good. (laughs) Hey, anything with dogs is absolutely good. I think that's the one non-disputable thing on the internet. I agree. (laughs) That's going to wrap up this show today. Make sure to go to soundcloud.com slash landgrantholyland to find the show there. Also, go to Apple Podcasts and search Hang Out in the Holy Land. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, leave any feedback. You can also find me on Twitter at DubsCo. That's D-U-B-S. CEO. I tweet about dogs too. I tweet about wrestling a lot, but also Ohio State stuff dispersed in there as well. And if you have any feedback, make sure to send me a tweet and tell me what you like or don't like about the show and what we can do to make it better. But until next time, I want to thank you guys for listening. My name is Colton Denning. He's Patrick Mayhorn. The spot was good, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>